Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. All right, welcome back to Inside Sources. Sitting in for Boyd Matheson today, I'm Marty Carpenter, and we are off and running this hour. I don't know how many of you are familiar with this. I have known about this for about a month, so I'm I'm pretty much the expert. Uh, but you talk about something that, for those who are in the know, has really taken off, and that is something called ChatGPT. Not the easiest name to remember, nor is it the easiest name to say. It doesn't roll off the tongue, but it has had massive adoption. I mean, it went from like this unknown thing to being uh, well over you know million uh, into the millions of users in a very very short time. So what the heck is it? It's artificial intelligence. It's machine learning. It is uh, essentially think about uh, kind of Google on steroids. You go into this with uh, an account that's free. You can type in any kind of prompt, and it will do things like write papers for you, write blog posts, write uh, articles. It can write code. Um, It's uh, just this first real eye-opener for a lot of people to see, oh, here's what artificial intelligence can do. And it is already disrupting, and I don't love that word, but it is disrupting a bunch of industries. And one of those is definitely education. Because if you think about it this way, you can go into this program to ChatGPT. There's a little search bar sort of looking thing at the bottom. And you can say, hey, write me a paper at a 10th grade level uh, from the perspective of a male student about Catcher in the Rye, citing specific elements that I want to highlight. And uh, by the way, do this in a plagiarism free, like a a, a way that's not going to cause any problems with plagiarism. And it will write you the paper. Now, it's not always the best. It's sort of in a beta phase. It it doesn't always nail it, but it does a pretty decent job. And it's been able to do things like pass certain tests that it's been taking or, uh, you know, writing papers that have passed academic standards at co- at collegiate levels. Uh, it's actually pretty remarkable. And as someone who does a lot of writing for work, I love it because it keeps me from starting with a blank page. I can say, here's my general idea. And it sort of brainstorms some things out. It, very, I, I can't think of a time when I've used it as my final version, but I hate a blank page when I start writing and it helps me get past that. That said, it is disrupting a lot of things, including education. And we want to talk a little bit about that, how it's impacting the classroom how this technology will change the dynamics in the classroom in, in public schools and at a higher education level. Uh, let's bring in our guest. Rick Hess is a senior fellow and director of education policy studies at the American Enterprise Institute, otherwise known as AEI. Uh, Rick, thanks so much for taking some time with us today. Hey, my pleasure. Good all to be with you. All right. So I teed up chat GT, chat, chat, see, I can't even say it right all the time myself, chat GPT. <laughs> I got somewhere in the bad habit of inverting the P and the T and I, I just, you know, didn't, didn't work out. Uh, why is this a big deal in education? I, I think we get sort of the general idea of why it's a big deal, but take us beyond sort of like the obvious. Why, why is this causing so much uh, consternation in education circles? Sure. I mean, I thought your setup actually should make it pretty obvious to listeners. Um, Look, if a student can say to this thing, here's what I need you to write for me, and it can do, as you pointed out, it doesn't always do an impressive job. It can be slapdash or imprecise, but you know what? A whole lot of 10th graders and college sophomores are slapdash and imprecise. (laughs) That's true. It probably nails their writing ability better than mine. (laughs) That's not much of a giveaway. Um, So the reality is 
we're, you know, as word of this gets out, and unless this suddenly winds up behind a paywall of some kind uh, in the next six months, by the time next school year starts, you are going to have pretty much every high schooler in the country is going to have learned about this thing. Uh, we're already at the point, it turns out, where 30% of college students, it's only existed for two months, 30% of college students have already said they've turned in um, chat GPT written assignments. 3% of college students already admit in a survey that they have ChatGPT do all the writing for them, and the thing's only existed for two months. So what that means is suddenly if you're a teacher or a professor, um, you are going to have uh, the, the, the likelihood that lots of your student work is not being done by the students, but is being done by AI. That means how do you know they're actually doing what they need to do? How do you know they're learning anything? There are vendors who claim that they can flag ChatGPT stuff, but I haven't seen anything that leaves me in the least convinced. And what this means potentially is we're going to have to change the way teachers think about giving out the most of their assignments and how they make sure kids are actually doing them. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. You talk in, in the article you wrote about uh, you know flipping or unflipping the classroom. I wonder if you could just kind of walk us through your thoughts there and what that means. Sure. Uh, yeah, you know, some of your listeners have probably heard this phrase, flipping the classroom. The idea is that if, you know, 50 years ago, most learning was you would learn stuff in class and then go home and do some homework, um, it makes a lot more sense for folks to learn at home by reading uh, or watching a video and then come to class and be able to discuss or engage or debate. And so one of the promises of technology has been to help that flipping, that students could go home, learn stuff by watching terrific videos or lesson supports, and then show, well, one of the things ChatGPT does is you can't, teachers can no longer have kids do writing out of their field of vision, because if kids are doing this stuff at home, as long as they have, um, a, you know, an internet-connected tablet or computer, they can now have ChatGPT write for them. So what that means is you unflip the classroom in the sense that teachers are going to have to either have students check in with them at each stage of writing, do oral presentations, or they're going to have to have students physically writing in front of them by hand or on a Wi-Fi off tablet so that they can make sure that the work is actually coming out of the kid's mind rather than from the AI. Yeah, it really is tricky because 
you know, to some extent you say, well, this is a tool that is here and is not going away and is in fact only going to get better. And it won't be just chat GPT, right? Like artificial intelligence, machine learning will continue to evolve and get better and better. And so we do need students who know how to use it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it gets to replace everything that they have to do. Like I can, I can get the argument that in, you know, junior high, high school, kids need to be able to show, hey, look, I can write. I, I, I know how to string a sentence together. If for no other reason than one, you can use the tool, you need to be able to edit and make things better from that starting point. Uh, and, and I suppose you could look at specific majors in college where you could say, hey, the writing is really not like what we're focusing on here. So if there's a tool that can help you write so you can focus on the engineering of the matter or something, like that, that's helpful. But I, I just I, it just seems like it's going to take a lot of thought more than just sort of putting up a wall to say, this is bad. It's sort of, it's mm-hmm. not bad or good. It's here. And how do we incorporate it appropriately? Yeah, no, that's right. And, you know, one of the problems is when we talk about education technology, it's usually just been, this is good. Tablets are good. <laughs> yeah. you know? and, and then it turns out we spend a lot of money to buy a lot of stuff. And then it either sits in a corner and doesn't get used or doesn't get used in sensible ways. You know, what, um, you know, especially for your older listeners, they might re- recall a lot of the same debates um, applied to calculators once upon a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, to your point that, look, this is a tool that professionals are going to use. Um, we expect professionals not to work out math by hand when they're doing complex exactly. equations. Uh, but, um, you know, so, so we, on the other hand, we also realize that some of the new math goofiness that kids don't need to know how to do yeah. arithmetic it, um, is crazy because, the uh, you know, it's one thing to use these tools because you are an adult who has learned how to use them well. It's another thing to let kids wallow in ignorance yeah, because exactly. we're allowing this thing to serve as a crutch for them. All right. Rick Hess, Senior Fellow and Director of Education Policy Studies at the American Enterprise Institute. Thanks so much for your time and your perspective on this. You know, you're right. They always said, what are you going to do when you don't have a calculator? I have a calculator with me everywhere I go now. So lots of questions coming from this. More on Inside Sources after this.